0: We started a series last week, actually two weeks ago, called How It's Done, and it literally is living like Jesus and having a dominion mentality. Now, when you make a statement like living like Jesus, uh, some people would think, you've got to be kidding me. But I would encourage you to go back and listen to the first message. We talked about how Jesus did not do his miracles because he was God. He, he lived his life anointed by the Spirit of God as a man and was tempted and became tired and all these different things. As a matter of fact, he lived his life to give us an example how we ought to live. We are to be imitators. Remember, we read that last week, I believe it was. We are to imitate Christ. So if he said to do it, it's doable. I said it's doable. So we're going to look at some things here today about dominion or authority and how Jesus and the disciples did things. And we're going to look at it maybe from a, a different viewpoint. I will say this, Jesus had a dominion mentality while he was on the earth. He believed he had authority. He was convinced of his authority. If you were a disciple and you hung around him, you hung around somebody who was totally convinced at all times he was a master over circumstances, elements, sickness and disease. Now for the relig- religious mind, that sounds like, what are you talking about? We should be a master too? Yeah, we can be. And, uh, but sometimes I think we have religious ideas of how Jesus did these things, and how he walked, and the principles that he used. I think sometimes people think what he did was more or less magic. You know, just like, that's how it happened, but there were actually principles that we are to follow, that the disciples followed, that they taught people to follow, and so turn with me to Mark's gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mark, the fifth chapter, Mark, the fifth chapter, and we're going to look at some different scriptures here about the miracles and, that Jesus performed and the disciples, or the miracles that were attempted to be performed. And we're going to look at some things that should give us hope, revelation, understanding about living in authority. And so like I said, if you hung around with Jesus back then, you would be around somebody who was a master over stuff, and he expected not only his 12 to be a master over things, he expected the 70 that followed him too to be a master over things and anybody else who would believe. And then he commissioned the church to be a master over things, meaning individuals in the church. But if we don't know this, we won't rise up. And I know there's a real sense That there's no time to fool around in the days we're in. The church needs to know these things and needs to walk in them. And so here in, uh, did I say Matthew or Mark? Mark, the fifth chapter, second verse. I'm going to read verse two, then skip to verse five. It says, and when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him, and this is Jesus, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Verse six. And when he saw Jesus from afar off, he ran and worshipped him, or he fell down before him. Then it says, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now, the casual reader may just read this and go, wow, this demon was just freaking out and responding to God. No, actually, this demon was responding to authority. But there's something you need to notice. And it's verse 8. It says, for he said to him, This means Jesus had already spoken to this man before he came and said, Are you come to torment me? Before the time? What are you doing? I implore you, don't torment me. This demon was actually responding to Jesus because it said he had said to the man, or the... Or come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Here's an interesting thing. Jesus gave a command and the devil didn't come out. Make you think? Because it said he had already said it. And so the thing came up and said, don't torment me. He said, what do we have to do with you? And the devil did not come out. But Jesus was a master over demons. And it didn't make him flinch. He was convinced in the authority he had, so he knew there was a way to to make this happen. So he didn't stop. How many people have resisted something because they were told they had authority and then backed away? Because they didn't see the results that they wanted instantaneously. Jesus did not back down. He was convinced in the authority he had. And so when this episode happened, he said, he had said, Or it says, he had said, come out. But it didn't come out. Verse 9 tells us something, though, later. So he commanded, and it didn't respond. But the Spirit is stirred up in him. Jesus knows, I've got authority, and something's not working. So I believe he had direction from God. And took it a step further and did something we don't see him do any other time. He said, then he asked him. He started speaking to the devil. We do see in other places when devils were stirred up, they would declare, he's the Messiah. This is the Son of God. He'd command it to shut up and not testify. But isn't it interesting? The devil will lie to people and say, well, he's not the Lord. But he is. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. Notice verse 10. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. In other words, if you're going to give me the boot, because the demons knew that Jesus has authority, let me tell you this. Demons know humanity has an element of authority, and demons know that all Christians have authority in Christ. But if you notice, he was just fighting and he just said, uh, you know, my name's Legion, we are many, and he begged him, don't send us from this land. And then verse 13 says, and at once, Jesus gave them permission, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into some swine, and they went and killed themselves. It's interesting, Jesus came to this place knowing he had authority. The disciples lived around authority. I think sometimes if we have a religious idea, we think, well, it was just Jesus, and it all just works automatically. And uh, if you notice here, he made an attempt and it didn't work. He had to make an adjustment. This adjustment, I believe, by Scripture, was based on his sensitivity to his daily walk with the Lord. When he approached his situation, uh, I believe he got direction from the Lord and I can prove it from Scripture. That he... Uh, he was a person who fasted. He was a person who prayed. He was a person who was sensitive. And many times when he tried to get people to be sensitive he, to the Lord he, and to spiritual matters and how spiritual things work, he told Peter, the spirit indeed is willing, the flesh is weak. Pray. Side in with spiritual matters. He told the disciples in another place, fast and pray. Why? Turn your back on the senses and become aware of true spiritual realities, don't, don't learn to not be moved by the outside. Well, if he taught that, and he had to make a, an adjustment, and he did after he commanded and it didn't happen, well, where did he get that direction to make a change? He got it from the Lord. Now turn with me to Matthew 13. I am, as we look at this, I am sure that this kind of confidence wore off on the disciples. I think if we read the Bible like we should, without religious ideas, there would be a boldness that would wear off on us too. You know, we would dare to believe. We would dare to act. We, and then if something didn't happen, notice the Lord, when it didn't happen, didn't go, well... I prayed, must not be the will of the Lord. You you never know what the Lord will do. You just pray and see if it will happen. There was none of that. I said there was none of that. Notice Matthew 13, verse 57. It says, and so they were offended, the people who got to hear Jesus. Jesus they were offended at him, and Jesus said to them, a prophet talking about himself is not worth without honor except in his own country and among his own house. These people knew Jesus. They had seen him grow up, and they were like, who is this coming here, and how's he do these mighty works that we're hearing about? And they got offended at him. Now, we're talking about What? Walking in the steps of Jesus, learning to live with a dominion mentality and a mentality that we have rights and privileges. Notice though, in verse 58, it says, now he did not do many mighty works there, but when we read other places, mighty works happened. But here, mighty works didn't happen. Didn't Jesus have authority? Didn't he have ability? Mark 6 says he couldn't do them. And to not be able to, to me, would seem like, how would you know unless you attempted? And verse 58 says, now he did not do many mighty works there because... Well, if he says why, then this is something we should be aware of. If there's ever something that's told that would be a hindrance, we need to look. He said this, because of their, not his, their unbelief. What is unbelief? It's not willing to accept the truth that's told. Belief or believing is accepting a word from God's word at face value. Yep, that's it. Doesn't matter. But see, they didn't have belief. They had unbelief. And so this unbelief short-circuited the flow of His authority. Now understand this, using our authority on our own lives is one thing. Getting it to work in another person's life is another thing. But if you'll read scripture, Jesus knew how to cure that too in people. And it wasn't through prayer. It was through proper types of teaching. And so we need to understand because sometimes people may have a mystical idea of how these things work. And they're real practical. And he had authority. And these things did not work automatically for him or on his first attempt. Remember one time a blind guy came and he laid hands on the blind guy and he said, do you see? And the guy said, basically, no. What did he say? He said, well, I see Men like trees walking. In other words, there's some blurry blobs out there. But Jesus was persuaded of his own ability and a rights and authority. And really, we'll talk about this in another message. He was really acting on scriptures that we're supposed to act on. And so he laid hands on them again. And guess what? He didn't go, oh, a little better. He came to full sight. So he was persuaded. He didn't go, well, you know, that's better than nothing. Praise the Lord. No, he was convinced. He believed. And I think it's important for us to know, is there a way to get results? Is there a way to do certain things? Jesus got results. And he was teaching us how. Turn to Matthew 10, if you will. I'm going to read one verse here, verse 8. 10, verse 8. It says, Jesus sent out the 12 and said, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. They just received authority. He said, you got it, you go give it. You got it, you go give it. Now turn to Matthew 17. There's a reason I did this. Most people know that Matthew 17 is further back in the Bible. Matthew 10 is before. Matthew 17 is later. Notice this. Did the disciples have authority. Yes, as a matter of fact, when they went out, they came back and they were telling, man, we got all these results. It was incredible. The Lord didn't say, you know, like you're at work and you get a a company shirt and he's like, okay, give me those back. You're back. And when I send you out again, I'll give you a company shirt. No, he never took it back. He gave the church authority. never took it back. But if we don't have a mentality where we're persuaded, we won't act like it's so. We'll try to see how it works. See if it will. And that's not a good recipe. Notice Matthew 17, verse 14 says this, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down, To him and saying, Verse 15, notice this Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Notice verse 16, so I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. So they made an attempt. Remember, Jesus attempted and didn't succeed the first time with the madman of Gadara. But he was convinced. What is faith? It's literally holding to a persuasion. Just an inward absolute. But see, they had been getting results, so this guy brought, you know, his child, and they could not get results. And I should say it like this. They did not get results. Not that they could not get results. And so they're here, and so verse 16, so I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Now skip down to verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately, this is later on, and said, why could we not cast it out? Well, that would be a good question if I've got authority, if I've got dominion, if I've been given the right. That'd be the question I'd ask, but sometimes we've not asked the right question. We've made statements that are not true and said, well, it must have been the Lord's will. Sometimes He will. Sometimes He won't. Sometimes He says, wait a while. Where are those verses? And so we've answered where the Lord didn't answer. We should let Him answer. And what did He say after they came privately The disciples came to Him in verse 19 privately and said, why could we not cast Him out? Verse 20 says, Jesus said, well, sometimes it's God's will, you know. If you were like me, you would have got results right off the bat. No. What did He say? He said to them, because of your unbelief, they quit. Why would you quit? Not persuaded. Now, I'm not teaching people drag something on. Just keep going, keep going. No, no. I'm saying be persuaded. Be conscious more of spiritual realities, which is what our authority is, than just natural things. Notice, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, and faith is a persuasion, a confidence, Like a seed, a mustard seed, you will say, and don't get caught up in the mustard seed. So many people have spent time talking about mustard seeds, they missed the whole point. We want devils to come out. Don't get caught up in the mustard seed. Well, you know the mustard seed. You know how big a mustard seed You know what a mustard seed is. A mustard seed. Who cares? Pumpkin seed. Size of a flea. Forget that. Jesus, why did you say mustard seed? And then we're all going to argue about mustard seeds. We want people to be free. So forget about the mustard seed. Or at least don't put that as a high priority. But it does paint a picture. If you have faith as a mustard seed you would you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you Notice verse 21 However However remember your question however So he taught how faith works, really how a small persuasion, but being persuaded, unmovable, that will move your mouth, and you won't move away from it, you can make stuff happen. However, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. What he was saying, but if you go back and read, he got the results, they failed, But he used the word unbelief and he said the way you deal with this is you've got to become aware of the spiritual thing. He called it unbelief. So you need to believe and not be moved. And when he said prayer and fasting, you need to be conscious inwardly. So many people are conscious outward that when they're, they're so fixed by things and they get stuck by what they see, they don't believe beyond it. And so he said, you need to pray and you need to get something out of your life. You know, you can fast something other than food. And I'm, I'm convinced that the Lord does try to get people to fast at times. Sometimes the Lord will say, don't watch TV. Give that up for a little bit. D- don't spend so much time doing this. Oh Lord, I'm too, you know, I, I'm too busy. I, well, I, it'll be okay. But what is He trying to do? Get you to get out of the natural and be driven by natural things in the flesh and be moved by something spiritual. Because when you're fasting or just being called to pray, you're being moved when maybe you don't feel like it. But you're not moving with the seen, you're moving with the unseen and you're sticking with it whatever his mandate is. And notice, if I do that and then I face something, I'm already used to it. And I'm responding and becoming more sensitive. And so, he said, prayer and fasting or giving stuff up has a value. It doesn't move God. You turn your life away from the natural to spiritual things. Right? When we leave this body, won't we be totally conscious of spiritual things? Absolutely, right? Absent from the body. Present with the Lord. Well, I can't leave my body right now. But if I want to become more conscious of some things, I can leave living in it to great degrees by, like He said, like the Lord said to Peter, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray, but he sided with his flesh instead of taking time with the Lord. And what happened later on when he faced an adversity that the Lord wanted him to overcome, he failed. God wanted him to win. And he wants us to win. Now I'm going to read uh, from Matthew 14. And you can turn there... uh, and we're going to look at one more story, how the Lord, the disciples lived around the Lord, and they started getting this mentality, we can do some stuff. We got the goods, and when they weren't getting results, they wanted to know why. Instead of us going, someday God's going to do something, let's ask Him: what do we got to do to get some results Today. what what do we got to do especially if we already have authority and we do notice this in Matthew 14 verse 24 a very familiar scripture to people I'm sure even for people who haven't served the Lord notice the 24th verse here it says but the boat was now in the midst of the sea Jesus had it sent the disciples out to go to the other side uh, of this lake and he was off praying And it says it was tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. Remember, he did not do this as God. He did this as a man in relationship with God. The disciples were learning this in their walk. That he's not just doing this because he's God. That's why they would try to attempt to do stuff. You with me? Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Verse 26, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter, thank God for Peter. Imperfect Peter, but Peter wanted to see some stuff. And he got around Jesus, and he started believing. We can do something too. The disciples did. If we're truly hanging with Jesus, our expectation should be increasing. Our confidence should be increasing. Because that's faith. I thought with having a bigger crowd here, I'd get more amens. You guys just amen from the TV. I'll hear you. And that was good. Thank you. I think they minor. Did any of you guys hear that? I did. Amen. And... uh, Verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. When he knew, Peter knew, Peter said, answered, or responded. Verse 28, and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He knew Jesus was the master He knew he had authority, and now he's watching Jesus do something, and other things Jesus did, he got his disciples involved. Multiplying loaves and fish. As a matter of fact, one time when they didn't bring bread, Jesus rebuked them for not remembering that they had been involved in doing this, and we could do that again. So the disciples are around this. Here's one thing, if we're going to have a dominion mentality, we can't believe that someday we're going to have authority. Someday we're going to see bunches of stuff. Now, do I believe we'll see more in the future? Yeah. But we got to believe we got stuff now, and we can do things now. Persuasion is faith. If I say, well, I'm a person of faith, but I'm not persuaded, then I'm not a person of faith. I might be on my way to persuasion by changing the way I think, but don't think if you just read 5,000 scriptures over and over and over, you're going to be persuaded. No, you have to accept it and inwardly believe it's a fact now and not budge from that. And so Jesus said to him, verse 29, come. Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So he's cruising. And he, this is not because Peter's perfect. And notice verse 30, but when he saw the wind, that the wind was boisterous, and it already was, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? The question or the statement, little faith, why did you, meant that was in Peter's control. Because if it was in God's control or someone else's control, he wouldn't have said why. Why? Why? And Peter didn't give an answer. Because faith is a persuasion. And basically, he said, you were persuaded about my word, and then when circumstances were contrary and didn't line up right away, and you you started looking at everything else, you gave up your persuasion. And you began to sink. Why? Why did you do that? is the same answer he got from peter nothing because there isn't an answer because why believing is a choice now i'm going to close here in uh romans the 10th chapter romans the 10th chapter now faith comes by hearing but i think sometimes people have heard that and maybe heard it wrong faith comes by hearing Somebody said, well, it means that. Yes, faith does come by hearing. Come by hearing. But that doesn't mean it works for you. The knowledge can come and we can quote it, but there's something else. So a lot of times we quote Romans ten seventeen. so then faith comes by hearing. But really, Romans 16, is uh, pretty important. It makes it work. Notice, but they, but and this is a response, Romans 10, 16, but they have not all obeyed the Gospel. It literally means they haven't responded or acted on it like they should. Now listen to this. This is huge. For Isaiah says, Lord, Who has believed our report? You have to believe the report. And when you believe the report, and if you really believe it, you will act on it. That's what it means obey. Respond like it's so. See, he started to respond like it was so when he got out of the boat. But he quit believing and got, and he said, where'd your faith go? You were possessing it. And he, he changed his attention. He started getting moved. His persuasion disappeared. And it wasn't that it disappeared like, you know, evaporation. You know, the, the effect of the sun. No, because believing is a choice. That's why he said, why did you? If we're going to walk in the dominion and authority that a believer has, then it has to come down to no excuses and I start walking this path and believing at face value. If the Lord said, I've got authority, I've got it now. Sure, do we want to pray and fellowship with God? Yeah. But we have to, if we're going to walk in this, just start with our, and believing is a choice of your will. And if I say I got faith, then that means I act. And the action is based on a choice of believing. And that's what Peter started out with. And so we do have a dominion. Or have dominion. And we do have authority. And uh, we're going to talk more about that next week, but I thought it'd be good to lay a foundation, get it going here, so that we recognize what? We've got the goods... Jesus didn't always see results perfectly, and there were reasons, but knowing he had dominion and authority, he did something. You with me? And we need to know, and how are you going to get persuaded receiving the word meekly? Yep, that's what he said. That's what he said. Whatever he said, that's so.